get started. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your loving kindness and your presence this morning. We thank you for how you look after all of us. We just take a deep breath and just slow ourselves now and allow the Spirit to speak to us. We allow for the Spirit to speak from the words that I use, not my words, but your words, Lord. We thank you for all that you have done for us and all of your provision, all that you have given to us. And Lord, we we may not have a lot, but we have much uh, in you because of our relationship with you, because of your loving kindness, because of your gentleness, because of your patience with us. Lord, you know that we are a people that require great patience from you. And we are thankful that you are a patient God. We pray now, Lord, that you just bless this group, all of us online together. We pray that you just bless us and keep us. We give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Quick note, too, uh, just to, since we're talking about uh, being online here, um, this will be available online after we're done. If, you, if you're having connectivity problems or there are issues with connection i don't know uh, how the wi-fi is right now we're i'm broadcasting this through our, our cell phone so it's going through the cell service so we didn't want to take any chances on that but just having keeping that in mind it will be available if you want to go back and look at it later if for whatever reason you're having trouble with that so let's just uh, go ahead and get started with the book of second timothy turn your bibles electronic devices to second timothy chapter 1 verses 1 through 12 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Uh, the section here that we're going to be reading are verses 1 through 12, and it's going to cover um, something that we need to always kind of go back to when it comes to our service for Jesus Christ. The foundations of Christian service. The foundations. After all is said and done, no matter what is going on in the world today, we need to have a foundational relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and get to the root of everything. And this is exactly what Paul is going to be writing about in his letter to Timothy. I'm going to start reading uh, verses 1 through 12 now in the New Living Translation. Please follow along in your version. And again, thank you for being here this morning. God bless you all. Starting at verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Verse 3. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve, with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again. For I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Verse 5, I remember your gen genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and self-discipline verse 8 so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord and don't be ashamed of me either even though I'm in prison for him with the strength God gives you be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news for God saved us and called us to live a holy life he did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. Verse 12, That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him, trusted to him until the day 
of his return. Okay, that's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Now, just to give you a, a little bit of a color as to what is happening here in this second letter, this letter was written about approximately four years or so after the first letter that he wrote, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy. And he wrote it, it has kind of a somber tone to it. You may have, you, if you were to read the whole thing, you would kind of get what I'm, where I'm going with that. The tone is that Paul uh, kind of knew his fate at this point. He knew that he had a date uh, that was awaiting him for execution. Um, so he had been in prison for the last time. He knew he was going to die. He knew that um, unlike Paul's first imprisonment in Rome, when he was, which is depicted when he was back in a house in Acts chapter 28, he, this time he probably was going to be confined. He was able to teach in a house and teach even all those who came, the soldiers, those people who came close to him and preached the gospel. That comes a little bit later on. Um, that's actually in the last part of Acts as well, too. That's mentioned when we look at Paul's life there at the end. But he was awaiting his death, and that is something that we'll be covering a little bit later on uh, in the fourth chapter of this particular book. Nero had begun a major persecution. Um, it's amazing how you look at history and you see these things historically, and the Bible fits neatly into history, very neatly into history. And always remember that, too. When people ask the questions about, what is the Bible real? Is the Bible true? Yes, the Bible is true. It's speaking about actual events that have taken place, not just fantasy land. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't believe that a lot of the things that God had done uh, in the Bible are real and were real things. The parting of the Red Sea was real. The exodus of the Israelites was a real thing. These are all real experiences that had taken place, and they had taken place with the hand of God being in the midst of all of them. But even in this situation here, we need to see how Nero was planning to blame Nero was uh, uh, not exactly the most sane emperor that you would ever run into. He was pretty crazy. Uh, and he, uh, of course, uh, was going to blame the uh, fire of Rome uh, on the Christians themselves. And because of that, uh, that opened up all kinds of persecution across the Roman Empire. And it involved uh, ostracizing Christians, uh, public torture, and flat-out murder. That's the time that they were living in. That's the time they were dealing with those things. And Timothy was dealing with these things as well, too. So that's something we need to recognize and see as we look at this, this letter and understand the persecution that's taking place is not unlike persecution that is taking place with Christians today. Uh, it's not always public, but it does take place in other countries where Christians are sought out and murdered for their faith. And this is where, where we have to get down to the foundational importance of your Christian service. You know, Paul knows his end is coming. You know, and a lot of us don't know when we're going to be dying, but he did. And he was recognizing that and he was acknowledging that. But he also is sharing in this letter to Timothy to stand firm and stay the course and give praise and glory to God for the ministry that they were taking part in. And so that's what we need to see here. Uh, I hope that uh, you can see this and see the importance of how you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ have to stand in your faith and don't waver. We read in scripture how a lot of people are going to waver from their faith because they face hard times or difficulties or because it's more popular to be, uh, it's more important to be popular in the world than it is to be popular in the faith. So these are all things we need to keep in mind here. So Paul wrote this letter about 66 or 67 uh, A.D. These are the last written words uh, in the New Testament from Paul. Okay, let's get back to the passage so that I give you the context as to where this is coming from. And I want you to see the importance of even the song that Arlen chose. Arlen didn't know what we were doing uh, with this uh, uh, message today. And he, he gave us this song about being free. You know, you got to have the attitude that you are free in Jesus Christ no matter what happens to you in your life. That you know you have eternal life with Jesus. And it's much more important for you to be looking forward and looking ahead to the blessings and the, the wonderful glory that you'll experience upon seeing Jesus Christ face to face. And that's what this is all about. That's what, the, that's what our ministry is all about. We are conveying the importance of recognizing 
Christ as Savior and conveying that to anyone and everyone that we have an opportunity to to do so. Back to verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. So let's look at this. When we are united with Christ, and, and we, of course, we are united with Christ when we have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to function and carry on in the faith. Because we need that uh, indwelling Holy Spirit to do that because of all the things we face in the world today. And it may not be a situation right now where you are dealing with walking out in the street and knowing that someone's going to come after you. Nothing like that uh, because you're a Christian. But there may come a day like that. Uh, there may be a day like that in the future. And understand that the these individuals here writing here, Paul writing to Timothy... They're dealing with it right then and there in a very, very tough time. So we need to look at Paul's use of the phrase in verse 1, life he has promised, referring to Jesus Christ. It applies to the life that Jesus gives us to those who trust him as well as to the life fully realized in eternity. We are sealed for all eternity. We have a life here that is in Christ and we have a life uh, also in Christ after we leave this earth. And we need to understand that those two things are, are most important for us to recognize. The most important thing, of course, is realizing that we have a life with Christ in eternity. We always want to try to make sure we're conveying the importance of salvation. Salvation through Jesus Christ for all eternity. Having an eternal life in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of churches don't want to talk about dying or don't want, don't want to talk about this eternal life or talk about what it means to deal with what happens, for example, if you don't have a salvation. And that's a tragic, tragic mistake for churches to not talk about those things. You know, it's like, I don't want to offend somebody. Are you kidding me? Um, you, you, if you don't want to, to have a, a life of separation from the Lord Jesus Christ, then salvation is going to be necessary. Um, you don't want to be separated from Christ. It, the foolishness of man will, will make you believe that you know, just by talking about salvation, it's offensive. That is just the foolishness of man. It's really Satan that is trying to uh, basically take anyone away from the fellowship, from the faith that he can to try to harm God in some way, shape, or form. We need to understand the importance that anyone who belongs to Christ becomes a new person, a new creation, as it mentions in 2 Corinthians 5.17. So your new life begins at conversion. We understand that. We understand that we wait for the hope when God's going to give us his full rights as adopted children in Christ. So we have this life that we live today, and there's all kinds of ups and downs and hardships that come with the faith. We Talk about the importance of endurance, enduring the faith, enduring, 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 enduring. Uh, those words can't be emphasized enough sometimes because of the hardship that we deal with. And so we are just called to stand strong in the faith and endure it. But we know that there are new bodies that are coming to us. Amen. I know that I'll need a new body. Uh, my body is uh, slowly breaking down. <laughs> slowly breaking down. It's it's. Uh, it's doing okay. You know, you just keep try to keep uh, stretching and working out as much as you can. Um, but you you know your body's going to leave. It's going to break down, and eventually you're going to leave this body. Uh, and we get new bodies. So I'm looking forward to that part of our redemption. Uh, and that, of course, is a redemption that we'll experience in death. Um, we'll have our souls, but we'll get new bodies when Christ returns. That is the most important thing to also look forward to as well, too. So when we struggle with difficulties in this life, remember that the best is yet to come. And that is true. I know I've said over and over again during this time that we live in that the best is yet to come. And the best is yet to come. There are good times ahead. It's not going to always be what we're experiencing today. And it's, you know, it's not going to be, um, are we worried about sickness and, uh, you know, death and those types of things. The best is yet to come. We just need to look forward beyond the grave sometimes, and, and recognize that those things are very, very important too. Okay, 
Back to verse 2 in 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Boy, don't we all need grace, mercy, and peace? And, of course, Timothy was Paul's traveling companion, so they had a very close relationship. Um, They were together on their second and third missionary journeys, and Paul left uh, Timothy in Ephesus to manage and uh, be head of the church there. Of course, we covered that in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, and we understand that that's what Timothy's assignment, ultimate assignment was in with these missionary trips. And remember, we talked about how Timothy had to go through all kinds of stuff when the church was first established there, including overcoming any false teaching, pagan worship on the outside of the church, some sort of infusion of culture within the church itself. All those things were a factor. So their work was never done when it came to witnessing and ministering to other people. Um, to verse 3, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. And understand that it was very important for both Paul and Timothy to be prayerful. Where do we get our source of strength? We get our source of strength not from necessarily each other. The fellowship is good at church. and Understand that we have fellowship online and we have fellowship in the church. And even in the fellowship in the church right now, we still have to kind of practice social distancing. But even just seeing someone uh, in in the flesh, in the body, uh, is a wonderful thing. And we can encourage each other with that. But we really get our encouragement, uh, frankly, from prayer. And we pray to God to give us peace, give us mercy, give us grace. So those are things that we should be praying for at all times. And I trust that you are doing those things as well, too. Um, stay prayerful, everybody. That is something that uh, Paul is emphasizing here. They were praying. Uh, he was praying for his friend and praying for him to be a strong leader, praying for Timothy to be a strong leader in the Christian faith. Be, we want strong leaders in the faith. Those who are elevated, those who are called by God to be in leadership, they are being enabled. We know that Timothy, when they laid hands on him, when he first became a minister of that church, he became Uh, He was given additional gifts and power through the Holy Spirit. This is mentioned several times uh, in the passages here in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy as well. He was given additional power because, guess what? He needed it. He needed the enabling of the Holy Spirit to be able to function at a high level, to be a strong leader. It doesn't mean that you don't have moments of weakness or moments where you're feeling overwhelmed. Many of us feel overwhelmed, amen, at times because of different things that are taking place in our lives. But that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit has gone away from you or is um, indeed, he indeed is involved with you or your life. He wants to be involved with your life and he wants you to pray. Pray for a source of mutual encouragement from the Lord. Pray consistently for others especially for those who are doing God's work. Are you praying for Pastor Gus and Elaine? I mean, that they need prayer probably more than just about anybody. And not that I'm elevating them to be more important than anyone else, but they're in a course of leadership for this church. They are uh, given this task of leading a, a, a body of people uh, in Akron, people that we have known each other for quite some time. And he needs energy to do so. He needs inspiration from God. We, we, what we've been doing lately in our nightly prayers is praying for God's inspiration. God is the one who inspires us. Um, if we're creative people, he, we, we want his inspiration to do things creatively for the gospel, to be able to proclaim information to others as well too. So prayers should be very, very important. Are you praying for the elders? You're praying for the elders in the church as well too. You're praying for Roscoe. Are you praying for Larry? praying for their wives and their families. Those are things we should all be doing. Um, are you indeed praying for the people around the world who are our, our, our workers around the world, our missionaries, the people who are going to different countries, giving them, praying for them to have strength in different lands and different cultures? They need your prayers. 
Every one of these people needs our prayers. Prayers are very, very important in the faith. Always remember that. Paul is emphasizing the importance of this as well, too. And he said in verse 4, going back to 2 Timothy 1, I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Now, we can only speculate, but I, based upon what we can, we can surmise here, Timothy had to witness Paul being arrested for this additional time. And so the tears that were being shed because we're, you know, they were going, he was going back to prison, he was going back to jail, and, of course, if you have a close relationship with someone, you're going to shed tears. You're going to be very emotional about that. And Paul and Timothy had a very close relationship. And, frankly, it's those people that we have the closest relationships with that we really do rely upon to get strength along with just praying to God for um, insight, wisdom, all the things that we normally do in prayer. Uh, those close relationships, the close relationship you have with your spouse uh, is very, very important uh, when times are difficult. So we always keep those things in mind and we are reminded to be prayerful uh, for everyone in your life that's uh, close to you. Verse 5, I remember your genuine faith for you to share, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you so the mention here about the grand the mother and grandmother eunice and lois don't ever think that women even though women uh have maybe a secondary role in society back at the time when this is written the women in our your life the women who are strong in the faith usually carry the day um honestly there are men who can be strong in the faith but those women in the faith who are strong they usually carry the day when it comes to uh, communicating the importance of faith communicating the importance of prayer uh, even sharing the essence of faith with others uh, there's every reason to believe that timothy's mother and grandmother eunice and lois got timothy strong in the faith got uh, got him saved got him salvation he spoke to them about it they prayed over it and uh, that's how timothy got his start it's because of eunice and lois and those women in his life they were very prayerful. They communicated their strong Christian faith to Timothy. The father, by the way, may not have been a believer. That's something to keep in mind here. We we don't have any mention of him here because uh, we don't think, from what we understand from history, that he was a believer. So Timothy had to get it from his, his mother and his grandmother. And so understand that your family, the family members, the people in the faith in your family, they're the ones who are the fertile seeds of planting. Uh, they're the ones to communicate with the children and never stop communicating with the kids. The kids need to be taught instruction so that when they go grow up, they won't forget uh, who their mother or their grandmother is or their father, whoever it is that's sharing with them. That instruction is very, very important. And you do so in the faith. You don't do so in anger. We... we had a, a brief conversation about that a few weeks ago about you just can't get angry to the point where your kids are broken down or uh, they won't think about the important messages you're trying to give to them because you're you're giving them stuff that they don't need and and so that's important for us to keep in mind as we have these family relationships let your parents your children your spouse your brothers your sisters know of your faith in jesus share about your faith don't hold back don't hold back about your faith. Keep talking about your faith. There's nothing to be ashamed of. This is what Paul is going to say to Timothy later on, too. There's nothing to be ashamed of. What is shameful about sharing your faith in Jesus Christ? Well, of course, Satan wants you to feel ashamed. Satan will lie to you and everybody else about the importance of faith. So that's what you always have to keep in mind. You want to make sure that they can see, the people around you can see the love of Christ they want to see your joy. They want to see your helpfulness. They want to see you. They want to see you have a, a good sense of humor. They want to see you laugh. They want to see the type of person that you are. That you are not a fuddy-duddy in the faith. That you are indeed living your life. I know fuddy-duddy, right? That came from nowhere. But people, you know, we have to understand that Satan wants you to believe that you're boring when you're in in Christ, and that's 
Nothing could be further from the truth. You should be having a good time in Christ. You should be laughing. You should be making jokes. You should be, not harsh jokes, but jokes that are, are funny, that people can laugh at and relate to. How do you develop relationships with the Lord uh, Jesus Christ? The church is open today, yes. Uh, how do you indeed uh, have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ with others? You have to have a personality that is willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's what you need to keep in mind here. Okay, so that's important, and we need to see that that's what it, Paul is emphasizing to Timothy about this genuine faith, this foundational faith that we're looking at here. It is a foundational faith. And it says in verse 6, This is what why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you, laid my hands on you. And that's what we need to see here. Um, Timothy got those special gifts to serve the church. Uh, let's take a quick look back at 1 Timothy chapter 4, just for context, because we've covered it before. But it was mentioned before about this special gift that was given at the time that the people in the church laid hands on him. 1 Timothy 4.14. 1 Timothy 4.14. And it is uh, the English Standard Version I'm going to be reading from. And notice that it's, it's everyone is, Paul is acknowledging about the gift that Timothy received at that time. It says in verse 14, Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. So everybody knows that he, Timothy is gifted. So you don't neglect your gifts. You don't neglect what God gives you. And... Fanning the flames of spiritual gifts that God gave you was Paul. Paul was encouraging Timothy, in spite of the persecution, to just persevere. Stay after it. Stay with it. Don't stray. Don't give up. Never give up. Never give up. I'll never forget that speech uh, Jim Valvano made at the end of his life uh, on the, uh, when, it, when he won an award. Um, he had won the national championship, of course, for North Carolina State, uh, and uh, he was the coach. And he had cancer that was going to eventually kill him, and he knew that, but he just said, never give up. It didn't matter. He knew that he had an end coming. And Paul is saying the same thing here. Don't give up. Stay with it. Persevere. Um, if Timothy would just step out and, and proclaim in faith, the good news, the Spirit's going to go with him in doing it. The Spirit's going to give him power. He's got a gift. He has a gift that he needed to share with others, no matter what was happening or what was going on. We all have gifts that God gives us, and we need to persevere and share those gifts as God enables you to have them with other people. That's what's very important here to see. We need to do those very things. When you use the gifts God has given you, you're going to find that God gives you the power you need to accomplish whatever the task is that he gives you. God's not going to give you anything um, in such a way where if he is enabling you with the Spirit, that you won't have the power and ability to get it done. So trust in him that he will give you what you need. And so God gives all Christians the gifts to use to build up the body of Christ. All Christians. Uh, you can go back in 1 uh, Corinthians. We're not going to read all of it because there's several verses there. But 1 Corinthians 12, it'll show about all the gifts that God gives. And it's not a complete list. There's a number of gifts that are listed there, but it's not a complete list. It's a list of a number of gifts that he chose to mention there. But we all have gifts, and we need to use those gifts that God gives us. And those special gifts are given to some of our church leaders because... You have to be able to speak at some point. You have to be able to lead. You have to be able to have leadership qualities and capabilities. And so we need to pray for those in leadership as well, uh, just as a reminder. Because you are all instruments of God. God is using you as an instrument to proclaim the gospel. Remember how we talked about earlier about the importance of being able to tell others about the life that we live in Christ. That's very important to do. Okay. So we look at verses, uh, we looked at verse 6. Let's go to look at verse 7. Well, let's read verse 6 again. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God 
gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So we knew that Timothy was up against a wall, so to speak, when he first was appointed to serve that church, the Ephesian church. We know that he was going through all kinds of stuff. We know that he was getting challenges to his leadership because of his youthfulness compared to other more elderly members. Nothing new. Human behavior here, you know, people. That's, these are all human, human beings who have human uh, flaws, frankly. The flesh gets in the way. And this is what was happening when he first started there. And, of course, his leadership continued to come under fire from believers and non-believers alike. And it's one thing to get it from non-believers, but even believers will come after you if they think uh, there's a chink in your armor or if there's a way, a place where they think that they can take advantage of your uh, being, uh, being weak in some way, shape, or form and that you need to be replaced. Um, that's our fleshliness coming out, everybody. Uh, no other way to speak of it. Uh, something I spoke about even last week, there is fleshliness even within the church itself. We need to put that flesh aside and go forward for the Lord Jesus Christ and truly look to him. Because if you're acting in a fleshly manner, you're not following Jesus. You are not following his wisdom. You are not listening to him provide wisdom and knowledge to you. So understand that it, we face it from all directions, people in church, uh, people in the faith, people who are strong in the faith, and people in leadership. They face all kinds of opposition. Nothing new there. That's just part of the way we are. But we need to pray for something different. Amen. Paul urged Timothy to be bold. Be bold. Be strong in the faith. Don't look weak. Don't be timid. Uh, stay strong in the faith. That sometimes is the best answer to those who try to come against you. You stay strong and convicted in the faith. Stay where you needed to stay. Um, Stephen had to do the very same thing when he was speaking before the mob of people who were about to kill him. He was strong and bold in his faith. He was not weak or timid. He didn't retreat. He spoke the truth that needed to be spoken to those people. And that's what we need to understand here. He spoke truth. And so Stephen, of course, he died, but he also went to glory. I mean, those are... These are things that we have to understand that that's part of what is involved here. And when you speak the truth, you're going to have opposition that may want to take you out. Uh, and we take you out not just physically, but uh, also, of course, emotionally as well, too. But that's what we have to deal with, don't we? Uh, Satan has all kinds of ways of attacking us. So Paul was emphasizing the importance for Timothy to stay strong in the faith. And when people try to intimidate us, we can get our effectiveness neutralized if we allow Satan to win that. But if we stay in the spirit, if we just uh, stay in the power of the spirit, speak the truth, we're, we're going to indeed um, experience his power and, mighty, and might so that we can do or, or say what's necessary to keep doing God's work up until the very end. Amen? Because there is going to be an end to it. We're going to have a, a time when we are going to leave here. And that, as the comment, uh, Anne's comment is perfect here, it's a win-win, amen? It's a win-win because if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're not losing anything. You're winning everything. You've already got the vi When we say well, you've already got the victory, that's exactly what this is. You've got the victory. No matter what's going on in your life, you have the victory. Sickness even unto death, you still have the victory in Jesus Christ. And when we talk about being free in Christ, you are free indeed. Amen? Um, that's something that we have to remember when we look at our faith. And you know, we, we don't want to be gloomy Gusses. And, and I don't want to say that because Gus is not gloomy, our pastor. That's an expression. <laughs> That's an expression. It just came to mind. I'm not talking about our pastor. But we want to stay positive in the faith. That's the whole point of this. Stay positive in the faith. Stay positive in, in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there is going to be hardship. There is going to be persecution. There's going to be tough times. 
But as long as we stay strong in the faith, the Holy Spirit's going to enable you to get through every bit of that. And Paul is just emphasizing the importance of Timothy being a leader. Um, he has not given him a spirit of power, a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Fear needs to be put inside. Faith over fear. Amen? Faith over fear. Faith is where we have to go back to. And so Paul is mentioning three characteristics of the effective Christian leader. Power, love, and self-discipline. Uh, in that verse, verse 7. Um, they're available because of the Holy Spirit. We have all of those things because of the Spirit. Not on our own power, not on our own ability. It's all the Spirit doing those things. So please keep that in mind. Um, the power of the Holy Spirit helps us to overcome. And if we, of course, remember, go to Galatians 5 real quick. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And these are the byproducts of what the Holy Spirit gives to us. We, we, we refer to these as byproducts because it's inherent in us. These are things that come with this relationship that we have with Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to have the Holy Spirit within us uh, to be able to do these things on a consistent basis. Um, the list of byproducts. The, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those are what we call the byproducts of the Holy Spirit. These are what we need to enable us to be able to function at a high level in the faith in Jesus Christ. So we're reminded of that, and I hope that you always remember those things as we move forward. We need to not be timid, not be fearful, um, how often have we said God has got our back? God is with us. God is always going to be our reinforcement. He provides us with the armor, the armor of God for protection against what Satan can do to you to try to derail you and put you aside in the faith. Wear the armor of God. And lately you may have to wear it a lot more than what you're used to, but you still got to wear it. Uh, if you don't wear it, if you're not relying upon the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a hard time, a harder time than you probably need to. Um, and that's very important for us to see here. Let's go down to verse 8. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me either. Referring to Paul, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. There is going to be persecution, and I pray that you never experience the persecution that Paul experiences or the persecution that Timothy had to endure or go through, but you're going to experience some sort of hardship, some sort of persecution, because you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting how there's a lot of talk about different religions in the world today, as being en vogue or popular or whatever it is. Uh, practicing uh, different religions is, uh, you know, people they talk about allowing for others to do whatever they want to do when it comes to practicing religion. But uh, there's only one faith, one Lord, one baptism in Jesus Christ. And strangely enough, that particular faith is usually not well received. Uh, fancy that. All the others are well-received, but Christianity is just not well-received. And yet we're reminded there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, um, one way to get to heaven through the relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that in itself, by proclaiming that there's only one way, one Lord, one faith, you're going to face opposition. That's just a given. It's going to be a guarantee that we all have to kind of go through. And Paul is warning Timothy of this and, and tells him just to stay the course and continue preaching the good news. Believers were being arrested at that time. They were being executed. Um, Paul told Timothy to expect suffering. And even Paul, uh, Timothy, got jailed for preaching the good news. Uh, that's actually in Hebrews uh, 13.23. We don't need to turn to it, but Timothy had to even go to jail uh, for a time himself. He was eventually released, 
But he, Paul had promised that Timothy was going to have the strength to be able to endure when it was his turn. Um, sharing our faith is difficult even when there is no persecution. Sharing our faith is difficult not just because of us and having the desire to do so, but Satan does not want people to hear the gospel. Satan wants people to tell them, you know, I don't need to hear this or I don't want to hear this or thanks for sharing, but I'm going to walk away now, that type of thing. You know, that's what Satan does. We have to understand that it's difficult because we are in the enemy's domain. He does not want people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But you stay with the faith. Stay firm. Stand firm in the faith anyway. Don't give up. Don't stop talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we, like Paul and Timothy, can rely on the Holy Spirit to give us courage. And thank the Lord for that. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. We make sometimes sharing the gospel a lot more difficult than it really is. Be a friend to someone first. Be friendly. And if the Spirit speaks to you to speak to that person about the Lord Jesus Christ, get ready to speak to him and say the words that need to be said. And the Spirit can do the rest, everybody. That's what we need to understand, too. All he asks us to do is just say the words. And the Spirit will do the rest for that person. We don't save anyone. Amen? We don't save anyone. We don't save anyone. It's Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit that saves people. The Holy Spirit has to be the one that taps someone on the shoulder and say, you know what? It's important for you to acknowledge Jesus Christ right now. We have to trust that that's exactly what's happening every time we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. So keep that in mind. Verse 9, for God saved us, going back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this um, not because we deserved it, amen, but because that this was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plan plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life the way to life and immortality through the good news. And I'll just add verse 11 real quick. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. So Paul is just giving a brief summary of the good news. God loved us. He chose us and sent Christ to die for us. Amen? Uh, that's the gospel in, in uh, just a few words. Not many words, but that's exactly what it was. And so God chose us. He, he loves us. He chose us, sent Christ to die for us. And of course, we have eternal life because we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And that's what we need to convey to everyone. We need to understand those very things. We don't deserve to be saved. Because we, don't, we can't really fellowship with the Lord because we're in the flesh. We are sinful. And God hates sin. And he doesn't... Um, Love sin, and, and any sin that we do is a separator. But he loved us and gave us salvation anyway. He offered us salvation anyway. He offered it in spite of who we are. That's how much he loves us. Can you imagine the love you have to have for someone who, in your eyes, can be detestable? Uh, how easy is it for you to detest to love someone you detest? Uh, I, I think that's very important for us to look at, even on a human perspective. Um, you may not like someone, but you can still love them. And that's something that's very important for us to see when we go beyond just the fleshly responses to what love represents and what faith represents. We have a fleshly definition for everything. But we're going beyond that now. It's time to go beyond that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must go beyond our flesh and get strong in the faith and recognize that uh, our time here is short. We don't have a lot of time on earth here. And we are we're one day closer to leaving here uh, every day that goes by. So we need to live our lives in such a way where we live to the fullest of life today and be ready to share with people that we come across the love of Christ and understand the importance of that. And not worry about what people have to say because they don't hate you. They hate Jesus. If they say something to you that says, well, you're offending me. Well, I'm sorry that you're offended. 
uh, it's not me offending you. It's, the, it's Christ who offends you. I'm just a messenger of the truth. And that's what we need to understand about how we go about this thing. So please keep that in mind that the gospel is very simple. Don't make it more complicated than what it is. What we had to do when we became believers is what? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we got saved. And that's what we had to do. And that's what we need to continue to do in our faith as we move forward here. Dropping down, we're on the home stretch here. Uh, Verse 12, that is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it. For I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I am entrusted to him until the day of his return. That's verse 12 in 2 Timothy chapter 1. So we need to keep that in mind, that in spite of the suffering that may have caused Paul moments of despair, and, and I can, you can understand that, he's, you're in prison, you're, you're being imprisoned, you're confined, you can't get out and do the things that you want to do. Um, he still knew that God was protecting him. God had a, gave him communication that you know his time was short, but you could tell that there was still a very strong relationship between Paul and the Lord at that given moment because of what he was trying to convey to Timothy. He was thinking about someone other than himself. You know what I mean? Yes, Paul could have dwelled upon how he was suffering and struggling, but he thought about Timothy and conveyed the importance of the truth to Timothy because of what Timothy was going through. Timothy was going to, was struggling too. All of them, when they're in the faith, all of those people who were the missionaries, the people going from place to place, church to church to church, experienced great persecution at that time. And so, in fact, you know, strength in faith, how strong was Paul's faith? We really don't know, other than the fact that it could have been a mustard seed size of strength. It doesn't really matter at this point. It's about trusting in the one who is so powerful that even your weak faith, And those moments of difficulty was sufficient. And that's what we need to understand here. Even the weakest of faith can still be strong in Christ and it can be deemed sufficient. Because God knows where you are and God knows who you are and they know what you're going through. They know what your suffering is. They know what you've had to deal with moment by moment. And in those moments of persecution, that's very tough. And God knows that too. So Paul was basing his own confidence in Christ because of his intimate relationship with him. They had to have a very special relationship. No question about it. A lot of time, you know, we, we read, we're reading about Paul. All these times he's written these different letters to different churches is because he's in, while he's in prison. It's while he's confined. He's not enjoying life. There's a lot going on here. We need to understand that, there, that he is very... Strong in the faith because he's trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, although he may be very weak himself um, because it's just a tough time. So Paul knew the one in whom he trusted with personal knowledge, and he knew that Christ would be with him no matter what was going on. No earthly experience was going to break the bond uh, that he had with um, uh, the Lord, that Paul had with the Lord. No Uh, human earthly experience was going to break that. So if your particular situation looks bleak, if you're struggling, if you're suffering, give your concerns to Jesus Christ. He knows who you are. He loves you. As you love him, he loves you. But remember, he loved us before we could even love him. So he has the one up on us when it comes to love. He already knows about who we are. And he is going to be the one that keeps us secure in Christ. Let's take a look at Romans 8. Uh, That's going to help us to close out here. Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. When we speak of an eternal God and what he has done, Paul is trying to encourage Timothy to stay strong in the faith. And why do we stay strong? Because there is going to come a point where um, we're going to have to face death. We're going to have to face uh, severe persecution or death itself. It says in Romans 8, 38 and 39, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, height, nor depth, 
nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen and amen. That's what we want to put our our truth and our trust in. Jesus Christ is the one who helps us to endure all kinds of hardship, all kinds of difficulty. And we want to make sure that in spite of all of that, we still need to experience and, and share the joy of Christ in our lives, the love of Christ in our lives. Smile, even though your heart is aching sometimes. That's a lyric from a song, isn't it? And that's something that we need to keep in mind. Sometimes you just have to smile through it, even though tough times are tough. Not, you're not being dishonest with yourself. You're smiling because you have the love of Christ. That's what's most important right now. You have Christ. You rely upon Christ. You trust in Christ. In spite of all persecution, in spite of all difficulty, that is the foundation of Christian service. That's what we need to convey and understand here. And we are encouraged to stay faithful. Stay in the course and remain faithful. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you do for us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for giving us the strength each day to remain prayerful and seek after you. Remain faithful in you. Lord, we just thank you for how you do those things for us. We thank you for your very presence. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for helping us to know what it is to be faithful to you. Lord, we thank you in the power of the Holy Spirit for what you've done and what you've given us to seal us, not just seal us eternally, but to give us the enabling power to be able to uh, go forth and speak the truth, speak the gospel in spite of any opposition. We just thank you, Lord. Lord, gird us up. Lord, keep us. We give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning for another edition of our live stream Sunday School. We just give you praise and thanks for being here. Uh, we invite you to stay online. We're going to now get over to you the message that Pastor Gus presented. The, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> a bride waving in the background. Uh, we, we just want to give you praise and thanks for uh, being here. Stay tuned for the message that Pastor Gus has for us uh, online. It will be available in about a couple of minutes. You are special in Jesus. Um, and if you're going to church today, you'll hear that same message. Uh, just hear it live. Uh, so please uh, make sure you're doing and following all the protocols. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for being here again today. And we will see you next week. Uh, same time, uh, same channel. Take care of yourselves. God bless you all. And we'll see you next time. Bye.